Welcome to another Booth Warmers episode. This is Kevin. This is Jay. And this is a Thanksgiving Eve episode. Jay, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving? Let's go and see with his family on the outdoors outside with them. But it's going to be short, just a short lunch, and then we'll be out of there. How about you? I'm going to do the same thing that I've been doing since March. Nothing. <laughs> Probably just cook, hang out with people in my household. Uh, my girlfriend's making some food, she's bringing it over, and that's pretty much it. Um, isn't it kind of weird how, is this like the first real, like, holiday of, well, other than 4th of July, yeah. is the first but, winter holiday. Yeah. I think what makes it weird is this is supposed to be the time where, like, everybody actually gathers. Yeah, together. inside too. Inside, because it's cold outside, Yeah, and the whole spirit of like the holidays, like the coldness, is like everybody's like intact family together. And I think this time is just super weird that everybody has to accommodate, you know? It's, yeah. It's weird. It is very weird. Um, I, I don't know, like it, it doesn't have the same vibe as like 4th of July. Well, it looks like when 4th of July was happening and I was like walking around the neighborhood, like people just did not care. And but they were all outside their house anyway, mm-hmm. so I guess people thought it was okay. And now that, and like in July, that was a time when everything simmered down and they flattened the curve, so nobody was tripping. And now Did we're really yeah, and now <laughs> everybody's tripping again, like the whole government and California itself. It's because they put it back in the news. Like yeah, I, I think we talked about it in the last episode, like right after the last election, mm-hmm. the news just switched, like that light switch that just COVID news right after the election. Yeah. Movie. So it's just like. Even though it was already spiking big time. During. Yeah, during election and everything. How do you feel about the whole regulation of California? It's weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like I think we you mentioned it before and everybody else, I'm pretty sure it's like. It's, is COVID only coming out at 10 at night? Yeah, at 10.01. 10.01. It's like, I'm here. Yeah. But I think it doesn't make sense because if you're limiting people's time to go out, it's just, they're just going to go outside during, all at the one time. During the time. So yeah. everyone's going to be going either grocery shopping or even right now, because just because it's the holidays, they'll be all at the mall or the outlets. Everything going to be happening all at once because you're shortening the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like a firm believer of like, you either go all in or nothing. Like there's no in between. If you're yeah. doing it in between, you're just damaging it more. Yeah, damaging it more, yeah. like lengthening it more. Yeah. Like we're just gonna keep going through this over and over again mm-hmm. if it's, nothing changes. You're either having to sacrifice one thing for another. And I think if you do it all together, all at once, you can suffer for that periodic of time and be done all together yeah. and be done with it. But the problem with this one is like you're doing 50 50 it's not improving but you're also closing out businesses who are losing money and yeah. the economy wise it gets worse um but i'm hearing though like in the hospitals they are kind of getting more patients yeah but i mean during this time it's not even just that it's like flu season if yeah. you're i think this is when this is what we were scared of back then when they first started like oh if it reaches this time it's gonna be double amount of cases because you don't know which one's COVID, which one's yeah. flu. So it's like, you don't know, and then yeah. hospitals are going to get packed. Like I said, like families are not going to be able to see each other, which is hard. 
that was kind of happening to me. I think we skipped recording because I told you, it was like, yo, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> and like my head was hurting and migraine. And, and that's just how it is when it comes to this time, winter time, you just don't know. And I guess that's what makes it more scarier. Yeah, and like, talking to other people too, there were times like, man, I feel like shit too. And I don't know if it's because it was like cold one weekend and that one weekend where it became really, really hot and then back to cold. It's like, it's kind of scary, but... Hmm. It's different too, because like right when you feel something, I think that heightens the sensation like to your body even more. Like even though it's not there, you might think it's there. So it's like a whole mental aspect to it too. Yeah, it's you know how like with Thanksgiving too, we always like prepare for like Black Friday the next day. Isn't it kind of weird that there's most likely not going to be a Black Friday? Well, there is still there is, but they've been doing it all month, like sales yeah. throughout the month like i have been going online and just sales already started last week yeah maybe the sales last week was even better than this week yeah <laughs> i mean at least they have given people chances to take advantage of the sales but at the same time you know there's still gonna be people at the mall yeah i mean i i was there over the weekend early in the morning just to miss the crowd and it was okay but then Right when probably lunch hits and like when everybody's up, it's, it's like a normal. Yeah, I. I was like, oh, we're out of here. That's crazy. I have not been to the mall since COVID. It's like before we would just go, just to like either pick up something, mm-hmm. and then return. But it's like now everybody's there. It's like hard to like even walk around and yeah. stuff. But you just want to get in and get out. It's like uh, when we joked around saying how um, like. People, the high schoolers and middle schoolers go to the mall just to fucking walk around in with their backpacks. Yeah. And now as adults, everybody's doing it. They're just there just to walk around. Just, just to be out. Yeah, uh, bust a pack up, a whole bunch of doing nothing, running yeah. around doing nothing, play job. That's what I'm worried about too, just because like when they first started opening up outdoor stuff, like you know, like the outdoor outlets when the malls were closed, like everybody was there just to be out Yeah. because they're allowed to be there. Which is like okay, understandable, but at the same time, it's like just like how our curfew is, it's like you're limiting the time, so everybody's yeah. there at the same time. So does it really make a difference? Yeah, <laughs> it just makes me laugh all the time when you see uh, people eating like in the parking lot. It's like you can't eat inside, but you can eat inside as long as you're outside. <laughs> that always made me laugh. And at least the people eating in their parking lot in their own car they're by themselves. Yeah. What's worse is like things like businesses or restaurants that have outdoor seating, but then they enclose it. Yeah. With like tents and like whatever. So it's still inside but outside with some ventilation, but it doesn't it doesn't change anything. But now you're just sitting under the hot sun or something. I've seen Instagram stories of people like whipping out their own like table in the parking lot just to be with their friends. I'm like, yo, just go home. Like, just eat, eat somewhere with your friends at someone's house. Like, nobody's gonna make fun of you. You yeah. kind of look more stupid eating in a plastic table in a parking lot. Like, just yeah. go home. I mean, if you follow like spacing out and stuff, like you can meet up. Spaced out. Park. Yeah, at a yeah. parking lot. Or not a park. At a park. At a place where you're supposed to eat. Yeah, <laughs> but like in the middle of a parking lot, like, dude, just go home. We're not going to say anything. It's, we just, it's just hilarious. I think it's the time, too, where it's like everybody's trying to find a loophole. Everybody's trying to do something to, like, because it's been going on for so long. It's like everyone's tired. Yeah. Or that's the same thing with, like, 
people posting their negative tests it's like they're only posting their negative tests so they don't get judged for the actions that they did before or after like i'm judging you more that you posted your negative tests and you simply just go do your party and show it like i wouldn't care as much but the fact that you add a negative test to it afterwards is like okay so you are obviously acting reckless and now you're just showing a test just to show a test so it's okay um acting reckless i'm okay now yeah <laughs> i have a buddy from uh, college like, i think since um lockdown he's been to vegas like three or four times and he's gone there every time and on his story he says is anybody here let's link up and just makes you laugh all the time like bro no one is there stop trying to meet up with people in vegas there's nobody there there's been spiking there too just because like i think vegas offering deals for people yeah. to come through yeah i mean I'm sure you see the same people on social media be almost daily, almost every weekend. Yeah. It's like just because they want to be out and it's allowed to be out there. I, my aunt was telling me that if you fly from California to Vegas, you have to quarantine 14 days. So it's like you have to add 14 days to your trip. And I was like, that's fine. And that's why people just drive there. Yeah, they just drive there. It's crazy. People just like come back to like, oh, you find a new post to like circumvent the rules. Just, yeah. But then it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. You're there, you're there. (laughs) And that's 2024. Yeah. Do you think we should get another stimulus check? Uh, I I personally think we should. I just want to hear your opinion. I think everybody needs something, Mm -hmm. some type of help just because. Some people need it. A lot of people need it during this time. A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people are struggling. But what's even worse, I believe, is that it seems like the government are not really like helping or trying to because that stim- second stimulus has been going on for like since the first one. Like they've been waiting on it. Like when's the second one coming? You know, mm-hmm. and that was in like what, June, July. Mm-hmm. Or was it even before then? Even before. It had to be like April, April, May, right? So it's like we're, everyone's been waiting for the second one, but I feel like during the election, it kind of got delayed even more because people have their own priorities or their own agenda for mm-hmm. that. So now we're in transition to a different president. That's a way longer. Mm-hmm. So, so January. I, I like the stimulus check because it's simply, even though it's not at the bottom line, it simply is insurance and it improves morale. Like you, you realize that you do have a thousand or whatever in your pocket because that makes your life easier. Right. It allows you to release tension at least somewhat, if not a lot. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm a firm believer in getting like an annual or a monthly check. One of the guys that I wanted to vote for was Andrew Yang. He was one of the uh, candidates that were for um, annual based income or annual base income, something with like monthly income that you get paid yeah. per household. And his big key is that you just simply improve morale to, to, for people to like continue just having better spirits. And that's the problem with us right now. We're all just negative and pessimistic right. with everything, mm-hmm. everything and anything. Cause yeah. we're in that, this type of like depression from the economy, from the pandemic, from lack of social skills, like depression from ourselves. Yeah, and that's why. So, but I mean that to it. I think the counter argument that people were having back then is like the freeloader effect. 
mm-hmm. especially when the first, like the unemployment stimulus, or I don't know what they call it, the addition, 600. Yeah. Million. So a lot of people were saying that people are just going to depend on that forever mm-hmm. just because it was a decent amount. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, we both were working I the second working, yeah. after COVID happened. We were, oh, we, were, we were working. <laughs> yeah. So we would see like people just at home getting paid. Yeah. And, like, personally, I was like, not offended, <laughs> but I was salty as <laughs> shit. Like, like, why am I working? We're going to get paid. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think, I mean, at that time, nobody knows, like, you know, like, they were trying to help, but then at the same time, was it sustainable? Not really. Yeah. Like maybe if they lowered it a little bit and extended it longer, maybe that would have been better. Like mm-hmm. cut it in half, but then longer time. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been more sustainable rather than the big amount up front. So yeah, hopefully things will change sometime soon because <laughs> it's getting crazy. <laughs> well, with the vaccines, hopefully. So, yeah. but um. Oh. I'll ask this question later into the podcast, but let's move on to sports because we're already about to be 15 minutes into this. Um, since we haven't seen each other since, biggest, I guess, sports news other than disregarding football and all the other stuff is the draft and free agency. So let's start off with the draft. Um, you're not too familiar with the draft. I'm kind of familiar, but I, even I don't know much about it. The general public is sports fans, even NBA fans, unless you're really trying to like keep track of every single play in the draft, probably would only know the top 10 picks or like the top 10 projected. Yeah. Even, even yeah. Even if, <laughs> like you're a diehard fan and you only barely know the top three. Yeah. Like I can talk about the top three, but then after that, it's like shaky. Yeah. Like I'm an NBA fan, but at the same time, there's so much going on that you can't really keep track of every single player until they get to the NBA. Yeah. So. Let's just talk about the first three draft picks, I guess. Anthony Edwards went number one. He is going to the Timberwolves. A lot of speculations were saying that the Timberwolves were trying their hardest to trade down, and nobody would move up. And that's how bad this draft is, and nobody wanted to move up. And to me, Anthony Edwards is good. He has the highest, I guess he has a superstar potential. he has the highest floor. He has the highest floor. Yeah. But... Seeing it, like he kind of, I think there was like an article that said that he didn't even love basketball mm-hmm. like that. Like he, like there's some people that like basketball is their life. Yeah. He didn't think of it like that, and he had to like follow up with an article to say like I didn't mean it like that. But yeah, you, you already said it. Like you love football. It's a generational thing where these players has been famous since like high school, early high school, even middle school maybe. Mm-hmm. So they don't have like. I don't know what to call it, but like they don't have the, I guess, the energy or like the motivation to be like, I'm gonna yeah. play this as and hard as I can. That's exactly what was Anthony Edwards' problem was that growing up, he was a football player. Right. He liked football and he got big enough and he was like, well, let me try out this basketball thing. And he liked basketball, but he always wanted to play football. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, he stopped playing football because he was too lazy to be at the summer practices, you know, like summer football practice and hundred degree weather in high school or two days morning. Yeah. And, yeah. It's gruesome. The conditioning is like really difficult compared to basketball. No offense to basketball, but, and that's what they were saying. Like he, he's just a guy, uh, 
football player trapped in a basketball player's body kind of thing. Yeah. And he just lacks like the drive and the passion. And during the pre-draft workout, he was at Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports had that pro day, and it was him and Tyrese Maxey who um, was going to go in the first round too. I think he went to the Sixers. And they were saying Tyrese Maxey, who was drafted, I think, 21 or 22, looked years better than uh, Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. They said Anthony Edwards was, like, missing a lot of shots, was huffing and puffing, bigger than what he was in his uh, college playing days. Right. So that kind of just shows, like, he his lack of, I guess, drive mm-hmm. and passion for the game. But – for the Timberwolves, they were tech- he was technically the best fit for them. So you can't you really can't fault them. You them. can't fault them. But it's a trap almost, yeah. which you can say. So who knows? I, I I like him. The comparisons of him is like Mitchell and Wade. Eh, I don't think he's going to ever be at that level. Yeah, I think they both said like Victor Oladipo. Yeah. It's very similar to his yeah. gameplay. And he has that pressure of being number one. So even though he has the skill set of a six man, that's unacceptable. <laughs> like a, right, like it yeah. will never be. A, you if you get drafted number one, you're automatically assumed to be a superstar. I mean, and if you're not, you're a bust. Yeah, we see that like back to back picks with Anthony Bennett and then Wiggins. Like they never lived up to like the number one pick superstars like talent that <laughs> you were expecting. So every criticism of him is like, oh, was it worth it? Number one pick. Or was it just a bad pick and then there was just a bad draft? Yeah. So we might be even saying that about this draft that was it just a bad draft that there was no clear number one. Mm-hmm. I guess we won't find out until years later. Yeah, <laughs> and they have such a short training camp. Like basketball starts in the week. What training camp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what preseason? Let's move on to number two. It is the Warriors getting James Wiseman. This pick was crazy because hours before, they discovered Clay had that um, torn Achilles. Right. Well, he had got a significant injury, and right. they didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And that's why people were like, who are they going to take now? If Clay's down, they have to go another guard. Right. But um, I think they still made the right decision with James Wiseman. They still filled what they needed, which is exactly. big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. James Wiseman, he kind of, I, as long as he tries to get at least to Chris Posh's level, because that's what they're comparing him to, mm. I think that's decent. So that, that's what you think his ceiling is, Chris yeah. Posh? Yeah. And then what, his for a white side? Yeah. <laughs> he, he might be a white side, and we hate, we're an anti white side podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, yeah. He, he looks good, but just like his sample size is only. Three games in college. Like, right. what can we really dictate off of that? That's what they said about Kyrie too. True. Oh, yeah. it was her. True. But true. then you you're not gonna find a big guy like that these days anymore. Yeah. Like a seven plus feet that could move a little bit. Like mm-hmm. we're not. He's not the most agile big that was in this draft, but it was it was big. <laughs> yeah. It will make Draymond's life easier, make Steph's life easier, like knowing that there's a guy inside there that can just get you a quick bucket or do you don't have having to have Draymond body centers anymore. Yeah. And plays defense too. Yeah, he I plays mean, defense. If he moves a little bit that can not disrupt their fast pace offense, then he'll be a good fit as long and as he, he works hard. Yeah, and he you can see his kind of potential in shooting and yeah. mid mid range game. And Especially being in the Western Conference, he needs to body like the big centers like 
um, AD and Jokic. I guess that's the two perennial big men that are here talking about in the West. Yeah. And he has to bang out in Aiden and Jokic. But oh, wait, 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 wait. Most of those big men now in the NBA are not a local set of big men anymore. Like even Jokic, you would, he looked like he would locals. Like give you low post moves, but not all the time. Like he would always start out from the top of the key and dish from there, but he's not gonna work that hard on defense. Yeah. Number three. Well, let's before we go on to number three, let's talk about Clay's entry because this is like kind of it's like a it's like an <laughs> elephant in the room, like we're just disregarding it. I think their window of championship is closed. Just because of that? Yeah. That's possible just because they were banking on that continuity with him, Steph, and Draymond. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had that break last year, but then they were all hurt, right? Mm -hmm. So them coming back full force was basically they were counting on their first championship, their first run. But with this, it's going to be hard because he's going to be recovering for like a year, a full year. Mm -hmm. And then who knows what's going to happen next year? Mm -hmm. What if? Steph gets hurt next year, and then yeah. on more than yeah. him. His, there's yeah. more usage on Steph. Right, and more focus on him, so that's more miles, what they call it. It's like, you know, and then how tough the Western Conference is, it's going to be hard to get out of there now with just Steph or Clay or Draymond on the side, unless Wiseman turns into a superstar. That's exactly, I think that they can only bank on. If Wiseman becomes a superstar, they're able to, or they're able to flip Wiggins and Ubre for another superstar. I mean, the, and when you mentioning those names, they have a dis decent team to make a run. You know, mm -hmm. like Steph is still a two-time MVP. Yeah, Draymond is like one of the best defensive players, team players out there. But yeah. without continuity and then that chemistry, I mean, they probably have to change the whole offense without Clay. Yeah. Now it's a completely different. Yeah, it's new personnel, a new big man that might need some touches. That's yeah. going to be different. I guess the silver lining of it is that Clay's play style is perfect for somebody who gets a post injury. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say, like Vince Carter, he can't, if he had busted his knee or his, right. his Achilles, he can't be the same guy. He would have to learn how to shoot. Clay already knows how to shoot. Problem with Clay is that his defense is now down the drain. Not down the drain, but significantly worse now he can't guard quick guys as he used to anymore is that what we're saying about kevin durant too yeah i mean that's two i guess two years in a row that the warriors had an achilles yeah achilles tear yeah. right so it's like but nobody's saying that durant you know, will come yeah. back 100 i was reading on reddit that he said that um the warriors moving away from oakland to that new stadium is cursed yeah, it could be. I mean, they moved, they moved, and then they didn't have all their players. They lost in the first game. Yeah. And then Steph got injured game four. Mm -hmm. Early on, like game four or five of the season, and then they suck all year long. And then now this. Yeah. No fans still. In the worst draft class, too. It's not even like the best draft class. Yeah. Crazy stuff for the Warriors. Uh, let's move on to number three. The most hyped prospect in this draft being LaMelo Ball to the Charlotte Hornets. More people are talking about Michael Jordan playing LaVar one-on-one. <laughs> you think it's more likely now? <laughs> it's just so funny how it just becomes a full circle. Like, he was memeing it, 
Like, do you ever wonder if Lavar thought about this like three years ago? Like, <laughs> damn, can my son actually play for the Hornets? Yeah. And now it's actually here. It's so funny to me. Uh, <laughs> you think he'll even show up in the camp? Yeah. Like, I'm going to play you one on one on over here. Uh, I was joking around with the homies saying that um, Michael Jordan literally drafted Melo just to play Lavar one on one. Let's talk about Melo's fit. Uh, it's kind of a weird fit because Rose, Terry Rozier, and Devontae Graham are there. Yeah. Somebody has to sit. Yeah, we both don't like it just because we, we like Graham so much. Yeah. And Terry just signed a contract last year. Yeah. But then and none of them can play defense. Right. And then we have to also talk about how they added another Max player. They also need a ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. That's probably why he left yeah. Celtics for Hayward. So how are they gonna work that out now? Like are they gonna get rid of another gonna get rid of the guard? Like it would have been so funny if they did a sign and trade for Hayward and sent sent Terry Rozier back like to the Celtics. Celtics. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. That would have been good for them though. Yeah. They didn't have to What do you Think of Graham as a six man. Yeah. What do you think was starter? Okay, so it's as simple as that. Yeah. He becomes a six man role just because he's a liability on defense and he's, he's really timed. Yeah. Him. So he's good, like pick and roll. Like he'll give you like a good twenty minutes. He'll probably be like a Lou Williams type. Yeah. Where he can give you twenty points just like that. But like uh, we mentioned before, like he's a liability on defense. <laughs> but he's also a good playmaker, which you need at the bench. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of weird. So, like, do you have Lamelo starting, but you need a really good defender next to him? Are you going to put Hayward? Are you going to hope that Miles Bridges is a good defender? Well, he's not even a shooting guard. Well, it's yeah. like super weird. They don't have anyone. Yeah, I mean, they don't, there's no defense in that team. Yeah, they have excitement at least. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Mello. they also. That's I, I don't think we were projecting Melo to come out at three because we both thought that they were getting the big man. Yeah. So. I think this everybody was speculating that the ball would go number one just because it's like the most hype out there, most potential, I guess. But maybe it'll work out. Do you think he's better than Lonzo? It's tough because he's more exciting offensively. He seems like a better passer and a dribbler, but his at least Lonzo knows not to shoot certain times. Or and he I think, doesn't shoot at yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> and then Melo has like a bad habit of thinking he's Trey Young. Mm. It's like he thinks he's Trey Young, but he can't shoot like Trey Young. And it's like it's kind of like he thinks he's like Ricky Rubio with a passing, but he can't play defense like Ricky Rubio. Right. Like he has two very major flaws: like bad shot selection mm. and just defense. But at least Alonzo had good defense. Yeah, but at the same time, like. He was in high school, so he was always like the best player in their team. Yeah. And then it's not like somebody's gonna tell him not to do that. Yeah. But he's in the NBA now, where there's professionals and coaches and an owner that might slap him in the head. Yeah. Personally, I think he's gonna struggle really bad the first two years, but he can still get an All Star level. How How do you feel about, or how do you think Michael Jordan feels about his draft pick signing with Puma? I always thought about that. That is kind of weird, Sid. I thought their whole team has to wear Jordans. Yeah, I thought. That's what I thought, but I guess not. I guess if 
they have their own shoe deal, then maybe not. Yeah. Just, just like with your uniforms, like they're all wearing Nike. Yeah. And some people are not on Nike. Yeah. I guess uh, Jordan is going to have that, I took it personally, and then buy a Puma. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. He buys out. He buys out Puma and says no more of this shit. <laughs> so, from those three guys, who's gonna become a superstar, and who's gonna be a bust? We have a minute thirty seconds in this segment. Let's make this quick. All right, you go first then. <laughs> I think Wiseman's gonna be a superstar, and Melo's gonna be a bust. Mm. I think. Mel is gonna be a superstar and Edward's gonna be a bust. Yeah. I for me, why I'm gonna just explain the bust being a bust side. Mello might be a bust because his supporting cast is just the worst. He doesn't have what Anthony Edward has in Tap Cat and D'Lo, and he doesn't have what Wiseman has with Steph and Drake. Well, my opinion is completely opposite. Just because he doesn't have the supporting cast. He might flourish because mm-hmm. he will like look a lot better than the supporting cast because he'll have the ball in his hands. And at the same time, like I said, that Edwards might be a bust just because of what you said. Like, does he really want to play basketball? Mm-hmm. Like, if someone's labeled that in basketball, like you don't know like how the critics will like burn him. Yeah, you just don't know. Okay, so last question on this. Will this NBA draft be one of the worst? Yes or no? I don't think so. I don't okay. think it's going to be as bad as the Anthony Bennett draft. Yeah. The only thing with Anthony Bennett is that they had Giannis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple there, like him and Oladipo. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad either. A lot of good role players. So. Yeah. Next segment, we're going to be talking NBA free agency. We're going to start off with bottom five and top five so let's go with bottom five first uh initial reactions to the nba free agency we thought it wasn't a good free agency class Mm -hmm. but we were very excited because it's free agency yeah and who knows what could happen people can get traded all those trade rumors that were happening Mm -hmm. that only one of them really happened and the other didn't (laughs) And uh, we'll talk about that trade that happened later on into this segment. So let's start off with our bottom five. We This is a list that we, Jay and I, have um, mutually agreed on. So uh, the fifth worst in that had free agency class, to us, we thought the Clippers had the fifth worst. Mm-hmm. And only because of the situation they're in. So subtractions, they lost their six men who joined their rival across the hall. They lost a decent shooter. Well, he was decent for them, but I mean they, they got him for a reason, right? Yeah. So And I thought that losing Jamaica Green was big because Jamaica Green was actually really good for them. Yeah, the small men that he played for them, he was like their only stretch five big that was playing well. Mm-hmm. And in addition, they got Ibaka, who had to be one of the better free agency moves, mm-hmm. but they lost so much to the mm-hmm. point where, like, did it just recoup what they lost, yeah. kind of? And they gained, they traded for Luke Kennard, which they ended up giving Shannon. Right. And Luke Kennard is a decent player, 
slightly, I would say average. What do you, what would you think of the Canard? Average. I mean, he's a good shooter, but overall, he's a injury. Yeah, his defense is worse than Shamit automatically. Yeah. I mean, he's a good shooter, but that's all he can bring you. Honestly. Yeah, and he gets you what, like four more assists. Hmm. He's like a maybe even an older Duncan Robinson for the one. Yeah, it that way. He really is. He really yeah. is. Um, I thought they overpaid for Marcus Morris. How do you feel about that? They probably did, but. Knowing like how they're losing players left and right, they probably just yeah, want to keep whoever they have already. And seeing like the market for like a big shooter like Joe Harris, mm-hmm. I think he had an identical contract to him. Yeah, there's another shooter too. That kind of well, Danny Green was getting paid fifteen million, it's almost identical to Marcus Morris. Danny Green got three rings. Yeah, <laughs> that's a difference. That's a difference. <laughs> uh, we thought it was a, a bad free agency for them because. They're an arm race for yeah. the Lakers, and they just simply didn't do enough. They didn't do enough. They didn't keep one of their biggest free agents. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected that to happen. Yeah. And for the contract that he signed, that mid-level exemption that he signed with the Lakers, that hurts more. I was like listening to Trez's interview, too, and it seemed like he didn't want to join the Lakers. He joined the Lakers out of spite to get revenge on the Clippers. Because uh, Perkins, I think, made a report saying, and Perkins is close to Clutch Force agency, mm-hmm. and he said that the Hornets had offered Trez $80 million, And he said, fuck no, I'm going across the hall and shoving it to the Clippers face afterwards. So much problems internally in yeah. the Clippers now. Yeah. It makes you wonder if Kawhi would even stay there for another year or so. He's either going, he's either staying or he's going to the Lakers because he's not going to move somewhere else. I think he might go east if he wants to move. Where would he want to go though? Where? Yeah. Miami? Milwaukee. Milwaukee? He gets to be low key. No, but his not. family's all here. That's true. Yeah. No, maybe it was because of the worst. <laughs> probably. Just have the, or have the Clippers move to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like Ibaka a lot. His deal is. Really good. I mean, he takes them away from the Lakers, yeah. kind of. I think and, at that point, they were just trying to be like, yeah, I'll just take whatever we can now. Yeah. Because we just lost our biggest free agent, so we're best available. Come on. <laughs> it's weird, though, because Ibaka could have got way more money than the Raptors. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could say that with, like, anybody that's signed with yeah. a winning team, technically. Like, people go to a winning team for a better chance to get it. So are you who's coming off the bench for them? Are you taking on Zoo? I think Zoo should still start just because if Baka's older and you don't want to like tax on him a lot more than usual, but maybe later on they'll play more minutes. Playoff time, yeah, playoff like time, time, playoff time. He'll, he'll finish the game, yeah, because Marcus Morris has to start with Kawhi. And well, you better start with the money because getting paid, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like odd how quiet their team is hmm. uh i think they might make a trade because they i i'm hearing a lot of rumors saying they're willing to give up zubak bev and uh lou will but that's not enough to get another superstar and no draft picks yeah i mean unless they're only going to give it up for like a mid-level player yeah draft picks mm, like who could we say spencer dinwiddie 
But you know, maybe that's not good enough. It doesn't necessarily have you on sale. Yeah. <laughs> like if they just want to get rid of them just to get something back. But yeah. even then, like they don't need to get, get rid of them now, especially now that they have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. So Clippers made the biggest, one of the better free agency moves, but they just didn't do enough mm-hmm. to with the arms race that they're having with the Lakers. Right. If they weren't competing against the Lakers, they had a decent free agency, if you think about it. Um, moving on to the number four worst, uh, it's the Rockets. They lost Austin Rivers and Robert Covington, but they gained two first-round picks and Christian Wood for a decent value of a contract. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like getting the two first-round picks. For them? Yeah. Later on, right? Yeah. Just because Harden and Westbrook will probably not be there. Yeah. And Christian Wood is basically... Like Robert Covington, like just way less games played, but almost the same playing style. A little less defense. Yeah. Just a little bit. But he can play five. That's right. good. And to us, we thought of it being a bad free agency because Westbrook and Harden, that doesn't sway them to stay. Yeah. It's like, oh man, we got Christian Wood, a guy that played only 13 games or <laughs> started 15 games last year. Oh man, I'm totally going to stay now. <laughs> I mean, they got cousins. True. So, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So but his is like a partial guarantee right. contract. Right. We don't know what he is at this like time in his career. Like he's gone through so many injuries. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, the bigger problem is internally, like the organization is probably having their own problems rather than the roster, you know, because trust issues with Harlan and Westbrook. Are they really friends, or is one going to leave before the other? Mm-hmm. Anything else about the Rockets? They have a problem. <laughs> they, they still have a problem. <laughs> Let's do. You, do you think Harden's going to be there? I think he's going to be there as the starting shooting guard, but he's eventually going to get moved in the season. If they get a decent package from him, he'll get moved, knowing that he'll leave eventually. Who has a better package? The Nets giving up Dinwiddie, Levert, and Cheridon and I think a few picks, mm-hmm. or the Sixers giving up Ben Simmons and a few picks. I'll take the Nets deal better. Mm-hmm. I think there's a better upside with um, Lover rather than Simmons. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lover is a more all-around player. Yeah. I mean, Simmons is basically like another Westbrook. Yeah. But taller. What I'm worried about that deal is that. Dinwiddie's contract expires. I think Levert also expires, and Eric Allen expires in a year. Not like Simmons, he's right. last four years. I, I, th- I think that's the difference. But then they can just sign him. Yeah, they can just throw all their money at him. Yeah, pretty much they're going to be their new superstar, the new face of the franchise. Yeah. I mean, for a young player like that, especially now that he's in, in the Nets where he lost his spotlight because of Kyrie and KD, mm-hmm. he'll probably, if he was to get traded, then he'll probably be stay and be the face of the franchise for more money. I think what the Rockets are trying to do is kind of like with the Kawhi trade, just send him off to some random ass place that he doesn't want to be, which is kind of funny because he won a championship <laughs> anyway. But like, don't trade him to where he wants to go and yeah. don't trade him to where he can win. Yeah, where he can win and type of stuff. So. I don't know. Guess he's going to the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> he might win there. Yeah. If you trade Westbrook there as a Jordan guy, yeah. you know what might happen. 
Number three in the rankings is the Kings. They lost their third best player in Bogdan Bogdanovic. Is that Bogdan? Yeah. I don't know why that's what I'm saying. And for nothing, because of how abysmal the Bucks trade was, they only gained Hassan Whiteside. Your favorite player. Yeah. I like the draft class. Then Ty- Tyrese Halliburton got a really good guard. I think combo guard, a good point and shooting guard. But, um... You think with them getting that pick, Tyrese Halbert, um, that that's why they didn't match match the offer? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, I yeah, that has to be the sole reason. But if you have the opportunity to sign and trade somebody, I think you have to try to find a way to match it. Just to say, well, I'm gonna match it, and then I get a trade for it. But they said if they were to match it, everybody, there's nothing they can trade for. The money won't match. Yeah, it won't match. So it had to be like that. But, um... I mean, they saved money, right? I mean, they just signed Buddy Hill and Darren Fox for Matt's money. So Yeah. So it works out. Yeah. They still need a lot, though. Yeah. I mean, that division is crazy. I think that's why we put them in such a low rank. Because their division, everybody made moves besides them. Besides them, yeah. Yeah. Big moves too. Yeah, it's like there was a couple of years ago they were fighting to get into the playoffs, and now they're fighting to even move up in their division. They're probably going to be last. Yeah. Number two is the Knicks. They lost. I mean, these players aren't that. They, they really a loss or anything. Yeah, they, nor they really gained anything. Um, our problem with the Knicks is that once again, this was another offseason that they were getting hyped to get a big splash player. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to trade for Westbrook, didn't happen. They were also supposed to trade for CB3, didn't happen. They, they were supposed to trade up and draft Mello or someone. Didn't happen. They were supposed to get Gordon Hayward, didn't happen. They end up having Austin Rivers and Nervous Noel and Obi Toppin, who we don't really like for the next it's like the you, know, you call him Amari 2.0, right, for a reason? Yeah. But then I guess what doesn't make sense to us is that they got rid of their two bigs, which was Portis and Taj Gibson, but then they replaced them with more bigs, which was their problem <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. So uh, they, like, take one step forward, but then 20 steps back. <laughs> the Knicks are such an interesting franchise. <laughs> just looking at their lineup. Like, who are you even going to play? Like, how are you even going to play? They don't have any shooters. Yeah. There's not enough paint. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even have, like, the biggest of guys. They have all these tweeners. Yeah. And, like, Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson are such skinny centers, too. Oh, that's like a defensive. Yeah. Players. Shot blocking. Yeah. Averaging 20 blocks a game and <laughs> not scoring anything. But then at the same time, yeah, you can shot block inside, but if you can't defend help in the, in the three point line, yeah. you're still gonna score. Then I don't know because like, so they miss out on this free, they miss out last free agent, they miss out this free agent with whoever was here, and next year it's like, do you really think the free agents next year want to go to the Knicks? Any of them? I don't know. I don't think so. Right? I really think that nobody wants to go there because of ownership. Yeah, so until the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Knicks will probably be second for a while and then 
we're going to be talking about them in the bottom five every single year. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the worst free agency, just simply on, we don't know what the hell they were doing. Like, that's like the thought process. Like, what yeah. the hell are they doing? It's the Detroit Pistons. They lost Christian Wood, but gave huge money to Plumlee. Gave minimum contract to Job Moran, or John Moran, Job Moran, Jalil Okafor. He was available. <laughs> and then gave a lot of money to Jeremy Grant, too. Yeah. They gave Jeremy Grant, would you consider that all-star money? I think it's not star money. Star money. Like, yeah. potentially all-star, but, I mean, in the East, a lot of players can put up numbers that are all-star type of numbers, especially with, like, nobody to contend with. Yeah, you know, it's like he was playing well with the Nuggets last year, and then everybody expected him to get paid. Yeah, he did. But for them to sign him when they need another star to actually win, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. And we were saying that they should have just got Christian Wood's contract rather than paying Jeremy Grant. Yeah, his deal, uh, Chris, nineteen million difference overall. Overall, yeah. So, mm, they they. Did all they could to trade Drummond to clear up cap space, and they ended up using the cap space for wasted players. Yeah, that's true. But I, they might be a, a terrible team next year, and they could go for one of the better players. I guess is the silver lining to me. I guess my question is: Is Blake Griffin going to be a piston for the rest of the year? <sighs> you can't buy him out. There's no way of buying him out. You would have to trade him. Do you think there'd be takers out there? Like, if you were another team, what would you offer for a aging Blake Griffin coming back from injury? If you're really desperate, I guess you move Westbrook for him. Like, that's a one-for-one. One. Like, nobody loses out on anything. Right. It's just one-for-one. One. But their contracts are almost the same. Yeah. They're pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. Pretty close. So... Clippers <laughs> might my <laughs> work. They need a big. Blake Griffin's from Oklahoma. He's he's from Oklahoma. He might be on the Thunder's. Don't give them any ideas. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna go to the Thunder because they're trying to go younger. Yeah. Oh, they're they have like fucking eighteen picks in the next four or five years. Eighteen first round picks. This is Ah, that's wild. Since you mentioned Oklahoma, is Oklahoma's general manager, Pressy? Yeah. Yeah. Is he doing Danny H's style better than Danny H himself? Yeah. I think there was times where Danny Ainge is like overthinking it. He's like overthinking some of his trades. And I think Sam Pressy's just like, fuck it, let's just do it. Well, Danny Ainge is kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should. I also this think he got lucky in the beginning yeah. with trading his big three back then. Yeah. Big two, at least. Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, because mm-hmm. they were at the tail end of the career. And then that, that was what set it off. Right. Well, he got like, I think, three picks, two picks? Yeah. Three picks? Yeah. And then they got some players. Yeah. Back. But what's crazy about the. Thunder is that they traded their two best players for almost like five picks each. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like wow. And they still have And they still got a decent player. Yeah. With that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That will be there for a couple <laughs> more years that it built they can build it around. Yeah. It, I guess like you kind of compare it to like the lottery. Like at least they have eighteen tickets to hit the lottery. <laughs> well some teams only have one. Yeah, sure. But who knows? I like, mean sometimes you only need one, right? Yeah. Or you could just trade it all up and go number one, like you give like a uh God offer that you can't reject right. kind of thing. Yeah. So the next segment we are going to start talking about the top free agencies. I thought the top five free agency moves that these made or these teams made, the top five teams with the free agency elevated all their teams, mm-hmm. if not made them slightly better. Like for example, like a contending team got better still. Right. And a non-playoff team is now a playoff team. So they either made the biggest jump, but most importantly, they didn't get worse. Yeah. And I think that's what we're grieving this top five for the best teams. So as number five, we got the Miami Heat. I think they only really lost. So they lost two, not significant, but Jay Crowder significant and Derrick John Jr. is eh, whatever. Yeah. He's an average player, but not like something you will do sleep about. But they gained two really good defenders and drafted a guy who can back up down pretty well. Right. So in other terms, do you think they got better or worse? Well, obviously we think they got better. Yeah. Or they didn't get worse. That's what we like to say. I think it's more that they didn't get worse coming from, I guess, being does run around for the championship like they did enough where they can either stay level or improve mm-hmm. but they didn't make any moves that would hurt because they're still going to be the contenders the next year just yeah. because they were like Eastern Conference uh, champions mm-hmm. so they're still going to be in the running no matter what and with their young players still getting better they're only going to improve too yeah they lost a starter in Jay Crowder do you think Mo Harkless just takes that spot? I think so. I mean, Mo Harkless is probably one of the best wings that were available. This team. You wanted, did, did I talk to I, you? I wanted yeah. him on Lakers? Yeah. yeah. I think we, I wanted him to come back to Portland, too, just because they needed a defending wing. Yeah. So I think he's probably one of the players out there in this year that could help any winning team, mm-hmm. just like that. And for a vet minimum? Yeah. Him and Bradley? Like, Jake Crowder got paid, but then at least they replaced him with someone that they can pay less to. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, we both agreed that they kind of overpaid for Myers Leonard and Drogic, sort of. Yeah. Which meant that they could have paid for Crowder right. and got Mo Harkless and AB. Or yeah. Uh, Bradley. Yeah, but I think the rationale for them, though, is that they're one-year deals. Yeah. yeah, they're expiring contracts yeah. that will just be out of there next year. Jogic is understandable, but Myers Leonard is like, weird. Like, yeah. why are you going to pay him 10 mil? 10 million. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, with that money, you could sign somebody for two years. Yeah, and then he even played like, the playoffs. Kelly Olenek wasn't balling. He yeah. was someone that was doing decent. Like, when he scored, I think, 25 against the Lakers. I think it'd be a good game, too. <laughs> Kelly Olenek is, like, one of those players that would always kill yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the number of the team with the fourth best free agency, it is the Phoenix Suns. They had made, I guess you would say, 
the first trade? No, the Lakers were made the first trade of the offseason. Yeah. The Suns were the second one. Right. And they had traded Chris Paul. They traded for Chris Paul. Gave up their starting point guard, Ricky Rubio, and their starting forward and Kelly Oubre. Um, I, I like it a lot. Like, some people love it. I just like it. I like it because it's what they needed. Yeah. Like, they needed another star that will push them over the edge. Yeah. But then I didn't like how they lost um, Kelly Oubre just because he was, like, one of the top players. Yeah. Like, he was, he was probably there to help Devin Booker a lot with the offensive load, but then I guess that's what you have to give up. But then they also have aspiring players that are all, also improving, like Cam Johnson that we yeah. talked about. And I guess they got Jay Crowder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I was kind of, like, thinking, it's like, well, are we putting them in, like, uh, Mikhail Bridges and Cam John Cam John? Yeah. Yeah, are we putting them too early into the fire? Right. But realize that they got Jay Crowder, so yeah. that kind of makes them better. I mean, Cam Johnson didn't play a lot last year. Like he would play when somebody's injured, yeah. and he. But would in the bubble, he was balling out. Yeah, yeah. That whole Phoenix team was balling out. Yeah. Global, so they're. I think they're gonna build off to that confidence just because they're young and they're just gonna keep going. Hopefully, yeah. push their playoff spot. They also resigned two of their better players in Dario Sark and Javon Carter. That Javon Carter will learn a lot defensively from Chris Paul because yeah. Javon Carter is a great defender. And Sarah can play a small ball four or small ball five, yeah. if anything. Also, low-key playmaker, too. Yeah, he's low-key, yeah. very low-key playmaker. Um, with their old roster, that gets them to a ninth seed. But with Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, it at least gets them into the playoffs at an eighth seed with a tougher Western Conference. Yeah, and we there's probably a couple of teams that might drop out of that race. Yeah. I think we're, we were both saying that Memphis will probably be not in the contention this year because yeah. they make any moves and we don't know what the future is for the Warriors, Warriors still. Yeah. And maybe even Houston. Yeah, Houston. Um anything else you want to talk about the Suns? No. Don't know. I just hope Devin Booker scores another 60, 70 point game this year. Yeah. I mean don't. Or let, let me talk about one more thing about the Suns. Um isn't it crazy that Seeing Chris Paul and Devin Booker is what we were supposed to see with Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant before the trade had ended, or yeah. before it got vetoed. Yeah, that's true. And like Chris Paul is kind of like the age of when Kobe Bryant was at that age, and Devin Booker. Well, Devin Booker's really young, but he wasn't like Chris Paul young. Yeah. Or Chris Paul isn't Devin Booker young. Yeah. In comparison. I mean, at this point, it's like how Devin Booker played is very similar to how we we would like Kobe to play at that age. Yeah. And then uh, they had a promising center in Andrew Bynum at that time, DeAndre Aiden, and then they were gonna trade Bynum for Dwight Howard basically, but never happened. So I'm not even further talking to it more. <laughs> yeah, am, am I hearing that you're gonna buy a Suns jersey next year? Is that what I'm hearing? Ah, Suns jerseys are hideous. I don't like the jerseys. Even the one that Kelly Uber wore before he got traded? Oh, those were I sorry I forgot with the uh, what are they called? City jerseys. City jerseys. I was about to say Color Russia. That's football. <laughs> yeah, they're the one that Kelly Oubre modeled for. <laughs> Tsunami Poppy modeled for and got traded away afterwards. <laughs> so third best team in free agency. Uh, this team actually made... Would you consider the most moves? No. Well, free agency-wise, they signed 
the most people. And this being the Atlanta Hawks. And Atlanta Hawks, they didn't lose anybody. Yeah. But they gained a lot. <laughs> they, gained, they gave big money to Gallo and Bogey from the Kings. Um, got good good defender Chris Dunn. And then they got good leadership in Rondo. A good point guard leadership for Trey Young, especially. And then drafted one of the guys that we liked a lot in Onyeka Okongo, who had pick six, I think. Um, their team can make it in the playoffs, huh? They will. I yeah. think they will, especially with the veteran presence that they have now. Mm-hmm. Especially in the East, it's always wide open. Like that spot, maybe six, seven, eight spot is always like so close, and like it always comes down at the end of the year when with those players. Mm-hmm. I think they can make a push now. I guess, I think we were talking about it. Like, I guess since they signed a lot of people, did they sign too much now? Yeah, because we can't really figure out their lineup. But versatility is what yeah. makes you succeed in the NBA. And Trey Young doesn't have to be on ball all the time. He can be off ball. Yeah. Kind of be like uh, how Steph is running around off screens. How many elevated screens do you think we'll see? <laughs> The elevator is going to be up to a skyscraper. That many and Twin Towers? Yeah. And John Collins? I like the rim running that they have with shooting, decent amount of shooting, playmaking. It's just really defense is their biggest issue. Well, we said that they have interior defense and they have point guard defense with their bench. Yeah. So I think what we just don't know is who's going to get off the guard. They're just going to have to make sacrifice. Like, something yeah. is going to get let or like sacrifice. Either they shut down one player and then give up somewhere else, but then see that they really play big, like mm-hmm. super big, like seven, three seven-footers on the floor or something with two point guards. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that lineup? Trey Young and either Dunn or Rondo and then Collins, Capella, and... Yeah. And then, what was the other one? Collins, Capella, Bogey. Bogey. Yeah, and then they have three really good, not really good, but young prospects that are yeah. promising in Reddish, Herter, and this other guy that I can't name one. Hunter? Hunter, Hunter. Yeah, because it's Herter and Hunter. Yeah. They still got Tony Snell, which is a decent yeah. defensive player. So, one last question for the Hawks. Will playoff Rondo? Be playoff round if they get the playoffs. In the East, I think so. Yeah. Imagine him defeating the Heat or the Celtics as an eighth or seventh seed. I think if he if he plays the Celtics, I think he will. Yeah. If he plays the Heat, that might be a different question because he doesn't have like a grudge against. Yeah. Him. But him against the Celtics, I'll go over him. So this Hawks team might be historically good offensively. Yeah. And historically bad defensively. There's like no in between. There's a chance. Yeah, so they might score 150 but allow 170, which is the joke of it. Unless they just funnel everything on the end in their shot blockers. Yeah. They still have. Who's coaching them right now? Lloyd Pierce. Same guy that's been coaching them. So maybe if they get a defensive coach, it might change things. Like if they know how to funnel their players. Like, if they have a system like how Pop used to run, like, funnel everything through David Robinson and Duncan, yeah. maybe it might work. Yeah. It's just crazy how the 
centers are coming back just like that. Holder Microball, <laughs> yeah. But remember how Microball was taking over and just like that, back to being a big league, uh, big man league. Moving on to number two, this team also could have been number one and number two, or and like it was interchangeable. Yeah. But since we are homering one of our picks, we'll discuss later. <laughs> number two was the Portland Trailblazers. They got better, and uh, they gained. They lost Whiteside, which is good. <laughs> they lost their most efficient guy, which is good. <laughs> um, we like the Robert Covington pick. That's a guy that fills the void perfectly. Shooter that can play defense. And they, I don't think they wanted to keep Whiteside just because they got hurt, healthy Nurkic back. Yeah. And he just overplayed them every single time. Like, you know, Whiteside only came in when Nurkic was tired. Yeah. So now they signed another big man, which was Harry Giles. Yeah. And you like him a lot, right? Yeah, I like Harry Giles a lot. And got traded for Cantor, who's a big body guy that can bang down the wood. Would score. Yeah, and, and can score. Yeah, and they, need, they needed that bench scoring yeah. from a big man. Their team is very well built to go against the Lakers now because they have enough wings to guard LeBron. Um, that was one of the problems. They couldn't guard LeBron. They were having to put Gary Trent on LeBron. Right. Now they have Rodney Hood and Covington. Mm-hmm. And then they have still enough bigs to guard AD. And from what I was hearing from the Heat last year, Derek Jones is close to be a good defender. Yeah. He? he was guarding on you. Yeah, he was like one of the better defenders. Yeah, he's long. Yeah. He was like, when they were playing zone, he was playing up top. So yeah, he was, he was guarding Kempo. Yeah. I think against the Celtics. Yeah. But then if he stays healthy, that's yeah. good. Good thing for them, but I, we have to also remember that Zach Collins is up and coming. Yeah, he was also hurt last year, so. And with the very injury injury riddled team, the Trailblazers, truthfully, are were a higher seed. Like they could have beat other Western Conference yeah. teams in a bubble. The only problem is that they had to go against the Lakers. Yeah, if they played against maybe Houston or OKC in the first round. Maybe even Denver. Yeah. Or the, you say Utah? Well, could it be Utah? Yeah, it could be Utah. Like Utah and Denver was playing yeah. each other. Basically, they could have be any team besides the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Anything else about the Blazers? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's it. Yeah. I think we, we mentioned that Carmelo needs to come off the bench. Yeah. Just because defensive liability. But it looks like last year that he's... No, he knew his role. Like yeah. he, when he's in, go do whatever he can. Yeah, and if he continues with that, it'll be good for them. That bench is going to be good because they're going to have either Rodney Hood on the bench with Derrick Jones and Melo and Gary Trent, and then they also have Anthony Simmons, which shows flashes last year. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, the Blazers got an A plus. <laughs> no, because a team Blazers in yeah. seven. No. <laughs> Because the team that got an A-plus is the Lakers. And the main reason why they had the best free agency in offseason, when do you ever hear a championship championship team get significantly better? When do you ever hear that? And that's what the Lakers exactly did while maintaining their core. While maintaining their core and having... Uh, these contracts line for them to still go after the big fish next offseason. Right. right. So Lakers lost a good chunk of their team 
which kind of makes me sad because when the parade happens, they're just not the same guys going to be there. Yeah. Uh, they lost Danny Green, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley, and traded uh, JaVale McGee. Well, they traded also Danny Green, too. But um, they added the second place in sixth man of the year, Dennis Schroeder, and they also got the sixth man of the year in Montrose Herald, and they got the guy who was going to replace Danny Green on a way cheaper contract in Wes Matthews, and they have a perfect center for their lineup in Marcus Hall. I don't know what else to say about this free agency. This is a this is a really good free agency class for the Lakers. Oh, we, we forgot to mention, they got Markeith uh, on a minimum also, which kept them away from him going to the Clippers while resigning KCP. And they still have room to sign more people yeah. for minimums. And yeah. there's a lot of, always a lot of veterans out there that are getting buyouts or even just free yeah. agents. I like the most about this team is that they still got somewhat younger. Like, they were old as hell. Like, no offense to the Lakers team. They were a senior home going into the championship. And then they got Schroeder and Harold that I think are 26 and 27, respectively. Mm -hmm. And that's the same age as, like, Kyle Kuzma and Caruso and then Taylor Morton Tucker, who can't even drink. He just turned 20. So... It's a decent young core, like in case the older guys want to rest. Yeah, you have this young core that could be a starting lineup. Yeah, and then they all—it's like, like you said, like they're young and they have vets. It's like the two like ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. which is good for them because they yeah. can go young, but then they also have the experience to win games. Yeah, and I like how one of the biggest free agent acquisitions they got is Montrezl Harrell, has a crazy big chip on the shoulder for how the Clippers. Um, didn't want to keep him. I, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. He was like their main, should have been their main focus from last season just yeah. because they needed the big so badly. But, and I remember reading the stats saying that Montrez Harrell only struggled on defense when he had to back up Lou Will. And Lou Will can't guard anything. He can't keep anything in front of him. So Montrez has to either... Um, help D yeah. and leave the big open or he gets screwed. But now he has a Caruso that he just has to back up and Caruso defensively is way beyond the will. Yeah. And he has Anthony Davis and LeBron that are decent. Like if he starts, like if he ends up in the game at the end of the game, like he has Wes Matthews, he has KCP that are yeah. decent defenders. Yeah. And health-wise, because one of the things about this Lakers team is that they have to focus on health. They just only have been off for like a month. Right. And with Harold, he can take over Anthony Davis' spot in case Anthony Davis wants to rest. Yeah. Same with LeBron if he wants to rest. You can put, they could put Kyle Kuzma up there and try to make him earn his money. Yeah. Or improve his trade, trade value. Trade value, yeah. So that's, I think that's... Maybe what they're planning to do since LeBron might take a month off, but at least they have Schroeder that can yeah. carry some points. Yeah. And that's what's good about the moves they made. They lost these guys and then replaced them with something better. Yeah. So, do um, you think Louisville didn't got a ring last year? <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I guess he technically can get a ring. <laughs> Boogie. And Troy Daniels. He's still. He's, Five he's, he's, getting, yeah, he's getting more money than I think like 
half the Lakers. She's spot. getting more money than all the signings. Yeah. <laughs> that is man. <laughs> maybe he's a good look. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. One of the problems with the Lakers, I guess, the what they have to overcome is urgency. Yeah. Last year they had that urgency, like, yo, we need to win this. Yeah. Like the Clippers are talking all this shit. Yeah. LeBron's getting disrespected. Now they don't have an urgency. Like, who really has a chip on their shoulder? Yeah. I mean, they just, like like I said, maybe Kyle Puzo has yeah. something to prove. Harold, too. Harold, like, said, and Schroeder. Schroeder's on the contract here. Yeah. So, there's people that probably will give them points offensively, you know? Yeah. So, hopefully. How do you rank this Lakers team that's going into next year on all Laker teams since 2000? I, I think this these teams are better than the Kobe teams, the 2009-2010 teams. I think on paper it looks good. It looks way better. Yeah. yeah. But it's not better than the 01 Shaft team, mm-hmm. that dominant Laker team from 2001. I, for some reason, I really like the 09 team. Yeah. Because they had continuity from the 08 to 09. Yeah, with Ariza. Yeah, and so they brought back the same team and basically just took it over. Yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the most consistent teams, but yeah. on paper, this team looks good. Yeah. Because that 19 was the only problem with them is that Andrew Biden was injured again. Yeah. So he wasn't healthy again. Right. But yeah, they had a, I, I like that 19 better than the 10 team. Me too. And then the 9 team is very the same as this 2021 20, team. Yeah, I mean, they have the brother. Yeah, Mark. They <laughs> <laughs> have the same names, but Mark is probably one of the underrated signings just because he signed for only $2 million minimum. Yeah. So. And he can teach AD so much. Yeah. Like passing wise, just. He's a perfect big for AD. Like, you don't really need him. Like, there's no point of having two shot blocking bigs like AD and JaVale. Yeah. Like, it was good, but. What was it? What was the it purpose it served? Yeah, like what was the purpose that it was really serving? At least Marcus Hall can still bang down low with uh, Jokic if he yeah. really wanted to, and if not, Jokic has to still guard him because he's a three-point shooting big. I think that's what I was worried about with them losing Dwight Howard and I guess McGee, but then at the same time, like AD is a really great help defender. Yeah. So as long as they have someone that would guard to five, then AD can get the blocks. Yeah. I mean, same with Harrell. Harrell's not known for being a shot blocker, so if you can yeah. do that, AD's right behind you. Yeah. So let's finish off this segment and this episode with what the Lakers should do for the last three spots they have. Mm-hmm. Technically, they have about two, and I think with the last spot they're going to save for the buyout, when buyout happens, Yeah. so they don't have to cut and wave anybody. They need... There's three positions they need. They need either another playmaker, yeah. another wing defender, mm-hmm. and a another center. Another center. Yeah. And a shot block. I would say this is where you get a shot block blocking center. Um but start off with a playmaking guard. Who do you think they should aim for if it's a guard? Well, from who's available out there, I think they should try Reggie Jackson again. Yeah. But he's not really a playmaker, but he can score. Yeah. And he probably didn't come to the Clippers. Yeah. So, did you say Isaiah Thomas? <laughs> I did. Yeah. 
but like I said, not, not a playmaker. Yeah. <laughs> like he can score, but I think I said that they should give him a chance because like I think they did him dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they should give him a chance to get back out there. I mean, who like he's a household name. Like fans will be rooting for him. Yeah. Everybody will be rooting for him. Like if you give him a chance, you never know. He might come back like a D Rose. Yeah. Combat. I was about to say one thing in Quinn Cook back, I don't think they can. If you wave somebody like that, you can't just get them back. I don't think right away. Yeah. But Reggie Jackson is the better point guard there. Yeah. But Dion Waiters. Yeah. Not really a point guard though. Yeah, but he can get that four assist, five assists. Yeah. That's neat. And while giving a scoring punch. That's true. But I guess the only downside is that's what they said about Reggie Jackson last year. Yeah. They didn't really pan out with the Clippers. Yeah. So would it be different? For the Lakers, I mean, they have better players, so maybe they have bigs that can maybe run a pick and roll. Mm-hmm. But how about yeah. you? Do you think anybody else is out there? I can't think of anybody. There's really not that much. Jerry Lynn? <laughs> Just kidding. Can I come back? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's, I mean, he's, he's tried to. He's done. Like, he's happy with playing CBA. Yeah. But I think if he gets a call, NBA team that's worthy of an NBA championship, I think he'll come back. Yeah. You're moving on to the wing uh, wing position. Jared Dudley's one of the guys that are left, and I think he's going to sign because of the leadership and how close he is to LeBron. Yeah. But there's not also many wing defenders also. Well, we were talking about Glenn Robinson the third. Yeah. Who's a, actually pretty decent shooter, like, well, above average. Yeah. And then Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who can play defense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. I like Kellen Robinson the third. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just been also injury play yeah. and inconsistent at times, but yeah. if you're just trying to get best available, then that's pretty good. Yeah. And then we sometimes forget that they have Alfonso McKinney. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy who got, was having to guard Kawhi in the finals. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, we think that the center position has to be Just, the one yeah, they need because Marcus Saul is only going to play 15 and 20. Yeah, and the guys that are left is Dwayne Dedman, who got waived, who can shoot threes but not have a good clip. Yeah, he's a decent shooter, yeah, like probably almost the same as Saul. Yeah, and Don Maker, yeah, I don't know any other bigs that are left. And Bismarck Biombo <laughs> available. <laughs> <laughs> Tyson Chandler? Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's too old. So Scott Lavisky. Yeah. I, I think you have to go for a project player yeah. here. Because I think having them only know that they're only going to play five to ten minutes yeah. probably will be beneficial for them. But I don't know why I'm so fascinated in Thon Maker. Because like he had that potential. Maybe. Yeah. Like he was, when he was, it's, he was like a Christian Wood type of player. Yeah. Like he had potential, he could score, he could play defense. And I don't know if you've seen back then, he gave the Pro P national team a flying kick. <laughs> That's true. And he did. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Just, I don't know, as Filipino people, we can't. We can't. Maybe they'll sign uh, one of Giannis' brothers. Try to bring him in. Uh, Taj Gibson. So he's you know, Yeah. Yeah. But. To us, how should we go with the priority that the Lakers go? I'm thinking big wing and playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Big wing because it's always hard to find bigs. Because playmaking, you don't need 
if your priority. Yeah, if your offense is a really good offense, yeah. or as long as you have one guy that can at least do something, mm-hmm. your offense can still move. Right. You have LeBron. You have AD. They have. Yeah. Sure. Now. Yeah. Maybe Caruso and Gordon yeah. Tucker elevated there, and then Mark Gasol is a high, high and low, high low action yeah. off the post. Yeah. You know how who we should have got tried getting was Jeff T. Jeff T. He went to the Celtics yeah. one year. Yeah. For a minute. Yeah, I think we could at least try getting him. <laughs> I saw like this random tweet of the person that the Lakers should go after. Do you know this name, Bruno Caboclo? <laughs> he was the guy that they were saying that he's three years away from being three years away. What? Yeah, you don't know that meme that like the, the Raptors drafted in the first round some guy named Bruno Caboclo uh-huh. because he was going to be the next KD. The only problem that is that he's so raw that he was going to be three years away from being three years away. Okay, yeah. I, I just searched up his name, NBA.com, and it says content unavailable. <laughs> but just just a random player to throw out there. Six nine. Yeah. Six, and he's a seven five wingspan. That's crazy. Yeah, because they were calling the next Giannis and the next uh, KD, and yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> next Giannis is his brother. Yeah. Any last uh, insight or thoughts about the Lakers region before we close this pod, this episode off? I just. I just want to be able to watch a game. <laughs> yeah. I remember how we were joking around saying, like, yeah, man, our, our productivity is going to be way better now that basketball's over. And we're just like, man, I miss basketball. <laughs> I think we were talking about, like, okay, now we get to get a break. We get yeah. to think about how we're going to do this podcast. Yeah. Because basketball is going to have to be until next year. Like, now we're back we're in back it. Back in. <laughs> we take a break. And football's so boring. So, um, that was the free agency episode and the NBA draft. Um, in the next episode, we'll talk about, I guess, the season outlook for yeah. the NBA itself. Thanks for listening to our pod. This is the Blue Warmers podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Jay. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And be safe. Be safe. And thank you, like always. Thank you for listening. You got to this point. <laughs> <laughs>